You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Joining me today is the multi-talented Andy Escalis. Hello. And over there operating the cameras, and uh, who's probably going to chime in a little bit, is my cousin, my buddy, Phil Castellano. Hey. Hey, hey. Uh, so at Band Geek, we don't like to jump on the bandwagon for things, <laughs> but um, we're going to have to do it a little bit today. Uh, now, okay, I guess what the bandwagon is, is everybody's doing Bohemian Rhapsody covers. Now, um... If you are interested in seeing a Bohemian Rhapsody cover, you can look here. Or here. And those are our covers. Or here. What we're going to do today is we're not going to do a cover. Um, instead, there's a part of the song, and I think it's the part that is the most interesting part. It's the opera section, the operatic um, crazy part in the middle. I just feel like that's what drew me to this song. That's what's exceptional about the song. Uh, and we're just going to focus on that, and I want to do a really geeky harmonic analysis on that today. And the reason is because every time I'm like playing that song... I get to that part and I stop playing because I forget how it goes because it's so complicated. Because, you know, you have, like, the verse, you know. Like, that's a straightforward, like, very pretty ballad, mm -hmm. but there's no real mystery to what's going on there if you have... If, if you're into like harmonic analysis, that's pretty straightforward. It's a, one six two five. Yeah, it's a ballad. It's in two keys. It's in B flat, then it's an E flat, and that's great. And then the rock section, that's a, a straight up rocker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's there's nothing too crazy going on here. But I feel like when it gets to the middle section, all the rules go out the window, and it's very hard to to pin down what's going on. And I don't even know what's going on. So <laughs> I'm going to attempt, and and I have the I brought the big guns out here today, but Andy. <laughs> Who is the uh, first inversion police? <laughs> and I have I have current uh, Berkeley School of Music attendee Phil Castellano back there, and I have I have some training in this stuff, and we're gonna see if we can get to the bottom of what makes this tick and do a little bit of a harmonic analysis and just to see why this is so off the wall and, and what's going on. So let's dive right into it. Um, first, let's take a look at the chart. So here's this chart that I wrote out with my awesome penmanship. Um, so. Let's take a look at just the first part. Uh, well, let's start that it starts in A. It starts in A. And ends in E flat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we have a beginning and we have an ending here. So uh, let's, Andy, why don't you play a little bit at the beginning, just the first line. 
I think I think it's even less than that. I think there's a high part, but I don't think so, man. But we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing whether we agree on how this goes. I think I think it's very simple because it's small here, and then it gets big. You know what I mean? I think he keeps very small, but. Right off the bat, studying the music and piano parts of Freddie Mercury playing with the Ultimate Queen Celebration, starring Mark Martell, uh, I've, yes. I've learned that there is a lot of octave yes. notes in, in Freddie's piano playing. Yes, in my nearly two million view Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> cover, I found that maybe it's more helpful to do less there and then build it up. But you know, whatever, it's whatever you think is better. Mine is right, um, but whatever you want to do. Anyway, um, so there's um, already some some effery going on here uh so we have this okay so we're on the one chord right? right so if we look at the chart here one a a a four one a diminished a mm -hmm. okay what would you consider that a diminished to be uh well it's definitely a passing chord yeah um i don't know i i looked this up on wikipedia okay and according to wikipedia this is a <laughs> Common tone diminished chord. Okay. Okay, and uh, this is something you hear a lot in like vaudeville blues and vaude yeah, like <laughs> right. Or well, that's just like the bluesy thing. But right. even, even like you know, in, in, in silent movies, <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> and he goes, but even like as a cadence, like right. you know, um. Right. It like so it re it resolves to itself. Mm -hmm. So they're calling that a common tone diminished chord. So we have the one, we have the four, and we go back to the one. And if I was going to try to call that something, I called it the seven diminished of two. If we're gonna if we're gonna analyze the things that way. Okay. Right. So, but the point being is already in the first three bars we have um, mm -hmm. something weird. Okay. So we're. Right. <laughs> so I would say we're in the key of A, except for that common tone diminished chord, which is a, which is sort of. And I asked a few people about that. I asked our buddy Phil Magalanes right. about that. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a musical genius, and he said, and I was expecting to hear some really awesome jazz explanation from him, <laughs> and he goes. It's just a cool chord to go to. Yeah, it's an it's a cool embellishing chord. That's what. It's also classical too. Yeah, but it's just it's just nature. like a just like a cool thing to go to. It's an embellishing thing. It's it's cool. It resolves. It you know it because res it resolves by half steps. Right. So it still has that like cadency quality to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have some craziness. We we now we, we have modulate. a modu we have a modulation right off the bat there. We have a modulation down. A half step, I have it. I say that we're in uh, A flat for... Yes, I, I agree because the the bass kicks in there and it's definitely a movement down. So play that part. Okay, so now we're in... We do a regular... So we have a 4-1 in the key of A flat, right? Mm -hmm. And then the way I wrote it is we have another it's the modulation. Same, it's the same movement. Right, so we're we're in agreement that we're on the key, in the key of A flat there, mm -hmm. and then the next measure is a new key again. This is like uh, never gonna let you go all over again. Right. But um, the the new key is um, we're in the key of A. We're going back to A. So it's a borrowed chord, is is what you would call that. It, for example, it's like when you're playing a rock tune, you know, 
like, okay, the question is, is Sweet Home Alabama in the key of D or is it in the key of G? Right. Because is it... Is it a 5-4-1 in G? I don't, I, no. I don't treat it like that. I treat it like a 1, a borrowed flat 7, mm-hmm. 4, right? Yep. So in this case, I'm calling that a borrowed, uh, parallel borrowed chord, parallel from the parallel minor. It's the suspended again. Right. Or or you can call that the 3 of minor 1. A parallel. It's still a, par- a parallel borrowed chord. If we want to look at, at the way... Uh, we're going. We're we're still going off of this one four thing. Right. Then we go down the half step, and now we go down another half step. Right. So that's how you get the C. And then five one. You could either say that you're in minor here, and then you really switch to major here. It's basically. We're in A something, and yeah. Yeah, and it's basically this chord down yeah. another half of step. And then we do something else that's screwy. We have that um, that 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 lick, um, and then with the magnifico, that's an E flat. Right. So what's going? What is that? Like, what can we even call that? Like, um, well, there now. That's D now minor. We're the, now we're in minor again. But then it goes up a half step. It goes, bah, 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 bah. you know. So, what, 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 what is that? <laughs> is that another? Is that another modulation? That's it. Like right there. I think that's where the modulation takes place because in the following that we have this B B flat A B flat, which kind of, which which is in E flat now. Yeah, and I, I'm, if you notice, I, I wrote that go. this is still an E flat. Now, if you want to analyze this, you can say that it's the what did I write there? Oh, the six, six of five, five of seven five. Like we could we could say it's a bunch of crazy stuff. That's what's going on here. I would just call that we're being chromatic, right? Because it's literally chromaticism. Like it's just exactly. moving the whole major chord. I and I can't even play that well. Play that part. When, when I did my cover of this, that was the part that kept screwing me up every mm-hmm. single time. I, that was that was where the million takes came from. Uh, that I'm th- I might be adding the low note. It yeah. might just be the. Th- I'm pretty sure it is, but that you, might be three. But you know, you're a better piano player than me, so it's easier for me to do this. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's just we're gonna call that chromatic in E flat, mm-hmm. and then we go to four one. One my, d- uh, diminished. Back, back to the, the parallel, the, beginning the common the, tone diminished, yeah. But now we're in E flat. And there's that move again, that, there's that, that, that same common exact tone move. diminished move. Mm-hmm. And it's called common tone diminished because the one stays the same. Right. You're, it's you're the right. same, it's a pedal point. Good. Okay. Um, now we have something that sounds a little more normal. Uh, a little more standard. This is the first, yeah. This is the first time I think we've kind of stayed in the same key now. Okay, so that part is a four chord, a one chord first inversion. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the um, the five of five, which is two, which is the uh, the two or the dominant, dominant two chord, two. with that little bass line going. Down. Right, it's beautiful. And it, and what's great about that, if you ask me, 
is we had all this like crazy chromaticism and common tone diminished stuff, mm-hmm. and then it goes to like a very like schmaltzy kind of uh, almost is, like yeah. over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Going from like subverting your expectations to giving you exactly what you want at right. one point. That's what's really brilliant about this, I think, is it goes back and forth between almost this like weird, very, very, almost, pre- very precise and progressive, progressive, like, like right, almost right. like proggy, like you know, um, half steppy and, and weird. It goes to going to like <laughs> ta da, you know, it goes from Mozart to Liberace. <laughs> there you go, there you, okay, the, Mozart to Liberace. <laughs> It's literally going ta da! Ta da! <laughs> okay, and now All we right. have. Da, 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 da. And then we have one of my favorite moves in this song. And the cool thing about this move is it's mirrored in the other parts of the song. It, it, it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. This, is a, yes. this is a motif in the song. And another cool thing I want to point out about that, even though it's not harmonic, is he does a crescendo on that. It mm-hmm. starts very quiet. Which is hard. Yes. You know, it, that's pretty awesome. Okay, and that what's going on there is it's four, one, and then the common tone diminished again, and then we're on the two chord. The two chord. Okay, now we're back to our chromatic thing. Oh, yeah, that is a... a... Yeah, it's, it, it, that's what's part of what's brilliant about yeah. this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, okay, now we're back to the chromatic thing. Can you play that? The chromatic in E-flat. And we have this really call, really awesome call and response there with the vocals. And it's pretty, um, I guess it's pretty simple. What's going on in the in the uh, piano there? It's basically uh, your standard uh, classical 5-1. Uh, five, five yeah. Right. And it goes up to that 7th. Right. So it's just, and we have this, the 5-1, five, 5-1, one, five, one, five, one. like mr rogers it sounds like <laughs> the train coming um okay and then after that we have the um let me go which i charted out as being we're in the key of b all of a sudden it's a five chord so it's either an f sharp or a seventh or a g flat seventh so play a g flat seventh. actually if we're in the key of b it would be an f sharp seventh over c sharp where are we here we're right here there so you're doing Oh, you didn't write the, the no, no, no? No. Oh, no. The let, let me go, go yeah. is a G. Yeah, yeah. So now for like for two bars. Yeah. So for two bars, we're in another key. And I'm saying we're, that's the five of, uh, of B. And that's not in the piano part, but it's equally important to talk about the vocal harmonies because they're fleshing out the right. chords to this part when there is no piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now, again, five five chord of another key, mm-hmm. or you could say it's bar, or you could say we're in the key of um, F sharp or G flat dominant. Now that also mimics the rock section that's coming up, because the rock section goes... Okay. Then that's the same movement there. Right, right. It's more... Involved than just that that one note, but it's what do you still think, there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley College of Music, Philip Castellano. Hey guys. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have what I think is 
probably the craziest part of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I have quite a few modulations here. So first thing we do is we're, we're still in the key of B. I guess that's why I called this B, because it stays in B here. Okay, I... Uh, so that's why I'm calling this a five chord, even though I wrote G flat by accident. Right, right. Um, it's all right. So, um, so this is one, so it's B, uh, uh, B, B5. You B5. Or B3 I have. Um, it just, all I was hearing the piano part, I know actually, I went back and I listened to the masters. I only heard those two notes as the as the first no. Interesting. It's not it... that right. Okay, so what I have here is we're in the, it's a one chord in the key of B. Then we modulate. To... I have B minor. Okay. Is that incorrect? It's not incorrect. I'll tell you why. Okay. It's hinted. No, it's okay. Understand something. Even though Freddie Mercury is superhuman, or was superhuman, and Queen is superhuman, and and this is unbelievable, when I went back and listened to the Masters, mm -hmm. you can't really tell if it's a D or a D sharp. Right. It, and it's and the the vocals carry over that part too. Right. The, the oh. The intonation on that is a little. You guys can listen back and let us know what you think it is. Uh, to me, I I heard it being closer to the uh, D sharp. I would I. I think that I would move this over to making this all D and make it six five one. Okay, so right, but or it could, it be, could a, be it could be a a borrowed chord. It could be a, fi right. a five of be. uh, what's the six? What's it the, if the six chord is the five of three? The other idea, with, well, with five the, of seven. Sorry. The other idea I have of that is because the following is uh, so. Uh, So it would be the. I mean, uh, never mind. I have no idea about that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like where the phrase ends up anyway. In in D flat. In F sharp. F sharp. Sorry. Um. Like those those chords sound like they resolve there. So okay. So Andy's see. I have us going. To F sharp here, right. So I I'm still calling this D, right? Okay. And that's a one five, which is common in this song. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to the one from B. Right. Now we do five one in right? D in the key of D. No. Yes. Five one in the key of D. Right. Then five five, and then we're doing five of of four in the key of F sharp. Now let me just say something here. Freddie probably wasn't thinking about any of this stuff. He was probably just like these chords sound great together. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that that the guys in Queen don't know music harmony. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying though is that on an instinctive level, that was the right chord for him. What we're trying to do is figuring out why this sounds a certain way and why is it beneficial to do that? Because if you're writing a song or if we're writing a song and we want to recall, not not saying this is ripping anything off. What's good about music theory and harmonic analysis is it makes you faster in recalling sounds. Mm -hmm. That is the bottom line. That's pretty much the only thing it's good for. Mm -hmm. Like having all this arcane knowledge about five of five and six and secondary dominance right. and common tone diminished, it, it's meaningless without the sound. So the f reason why we do stuff like this is so 
when we hear something that we have to play back, mm-hmm. like if we're learning a tune right. or if we're writing a tune and we hear something in our head, we know what it is. We don't have to fish mm-hmm. as as much. I still fish playing. <laughs> but um, so back to this part. The way I have it is we're in B, 5-1. Then we're in D over here, 5-1. Then we're in F sharp, and we're going to do 5 and then 5 of 4. Okay, so I definitely agree with the 5-1 here yep. because... There's no reason for this chord to exist. Yeah, exactly. Unless it was a five of something. Yeah, because it's a seventh chord. Because it's it's this voicing. Right, and then it, then it goes to the B next. But it could also go to a B minor too. Yeah, we, we're we're in a disagreement about that whether it's a B major. Or B. I don't think it's a I I don't think it's it a could, B major. I think it's literally just that two notes. Oh, I think it is. And, and the part grows. It mm-hmm. expands outward and then adds more notes to it. Right. There's definitely um, the, 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 that whole section, the, uh, the whole passage, it, it definitely grows bigger and bigger as it passes. Right. So, okay, you, you agree with me up to the D. Now we're in F sharp. You don't think we're in F sharp here? Um, no, yeah, definitely. But the problem is it's one of those things where the one chord becomes seventh. So it's like if you're doing a blues... Right? Um, I'm playing G because it's the only key I can play in. Right. And you want to go really strongly to the uh, four chord. Right. Right? And you do that in gospel. Yeah. Too. So it's, you go, it's... So you go... Uh, uh, uh. Right. So what you're doing is you're turning the one chord into a dominant, and then it's borrowing the... It's becoming a five chord of the four. So that's why we call it five of four. Or you can just call it if if you think that's obnoxious to call something five of four, you could just call it the one dominant. Or twenty five or six to four. Twenty five or six to four. <laughs> Eight six seven five three zero oh, nine. Um, so <laughs> did I just screw this camera up? Okay, so um, that's that's how I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of like very gospel or bluesy move. And then here we're in E flat, and we're doing the five seven of. I don't know why I wrote five seven of minor one in, in B flat. Uh, I don't know either. Play that chord. Uh, D five. D flat. Oh. I don't have that. Oh, it's I a minor have... chord. I yeah. have that. I heard that as a, a an omit five chord. Uh, omit three. I mean, like the five chord with no three. So I thought it might be minor. Yeah. If you listen to it, it's got it doesn't have a third in it. Okay, I I just see it as a five one, a B flat to E flat. All right, since I couldn't hear a third in it. Okay, so there we go. But if you listen to the harmony soloed, either, you might hear it. It's a five one. Yeah, no matter what it is, because there's, there's a definite resolve that. Okay, <laughs> so now we have this really funny sort of, and it ends in a, a seventh chord. Yeah, so th- we're in the key of E flat again, and it's ba- that's basically one four one four five. That's basically the same as uh, before too. Yeah, so that's you know one four five. That's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. And now the 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 messed up stuff is not done yet. We're, we still have one more surprise for us. Mm-hmm. So now we're still in E flat, which most of the songs in E flat. So we have one, four, and then we go to the uh, we're in the key of G minor. So. You know, so five to one G minor, and then we go back to B flat. 
to E flat, to the B flat chord, which is the five of E flat. Big build up. Big build up. And it really gives it to us with the and in the piano is doing the or yeah. You know, yeah. Um yeah, so that's pretty So we got to it. Now, uh, are you confused? Because we are. <laughs> but that that's it. Um, I just wanted to do this because um, seeing all this like Bohemian Rhapsody movie stuff, and first of all, I loved the movie. I thought it was awesome. But a lot of the stuff, and this happens a lot with famous people, is we focus on their celebrity and the the personal details mm -hmm. and the relationships and that's fine I understand that but I almost wish that someone would do an interview and sit down with Freddie Mercury with a piano and say what right <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> what what is that please right. and have him say well you know this is like kind of like from this and this is like a vaudeville thing and this is like you know like where mm -hmm. he's you know like I was watching a um, a dream theater video. And they write their songs out on a whiteboard, mm. and they go like Rush riff four times. Right. You know what I mean? Genesis chords. Right. They, right. they do that. Like, and I wonder if if Freddie kind of thought like that, or if he's like, oh, he's like, oh no, darling, this is the five of five. Right. Right. And right. Then, then then we'd feel like idiots. Right. But I kind of wish that when he was alive, someone asked him these kinds of important questions, uh, because yes, he'll always be a rock god and an icon, but he was also an important contributor to um, Western music. You know what I mean? And pop music. And he made significant contributions because his music was not simple. It was very complex. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when you're in college and they give you, you know, a, uh, a Chopin piece and they say, do an analysis on this. It's almost like you're interviewing him right. through the music. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is our way of sort of interviewing Freddie Mercury through what he recorded, what he wrote. Mm -hmm. And... This is, it's like just looking at the most incredible stuff ever written and just seeing that even that is beyond your understanding. And I have a freaking master's degree in this crap. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And it's it's humbling. This is like 20 bars of music, too. This it's, is a short little snippet of the whole thing. What, what's humbling about this is that it's, it was so difficult for me to figure out, and I figure out songs constantly. It's what I do. And it... And it kicked my ass, and then analyzing it kicked my ass, and, and I showed it to a few people, and it kicked their asses, right? Mm -hmm. And not only that, is this type of music is in the middle of the most downloaded song of all time. Right. So it's not like, oh, you can't put stuff like this in a pop song. It's like, this this song proves everything, it just takes everything that we know about what makes people like music and puts it on its head. It's just glorious. It's freaking glorious, <laughs> it this is. part. Um, now, I'm not belittling anyone else's contribution to this song. I mean, the vocals are killer. The guitar solo is like Every, the, yeah. the best guitar solo ever. Yeah. The band kills on it. The whole the whole thing. But this section is really like nothing you've heard on rock radio before. And it still mm -hmm. continues to, be, to resonate with people. So I just wanted to look at it and sort of pick it apart a little bit. And I hope that was interesting to watch or fun or or maybe you guys were at home saying look at these jerks trying to like you know attempt to do this because i i definitely feel humbled by this whole um experience so do you have anything yeah. you'd like to add to this andy no it's good how you doing back there buddy <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you for watching uh, this episode of Band Geek. I am Richie Castellano. Uh, this was Andy Ascalese. Very helpful on his thank amazing you. piano playing. Check him out. Subbing with the Ultimate Queen experience. Celebration. Uh, celebration. Sorry. <laughs> Ultimate Queen celebration. And he'll be on tour with Kasim Sultan. That's right. Uh, next month. And Phil Castellano. Hey. He's doing stuff, but he won't tell anybody about it. And uh, <laughs> he's, he, Phil's working on something. Phil's writing Bohemian Rhapsody 2, and he's not going to release it until it's ready. Yeah. Right? Okay. So thanks. Oh, one more thing. If you want to support us, what you could do is you can check out our merch. That's at RichieCastellano.com. We have these cool new shirts that say your mix is whack. And they have this logo that I did, which I'm very proud of. Uh, we also have Band Geek logo t-shirts. We have the um, cartoon versions of us. We also have mugs and posters. Also, uh, if you want to just you know support us and you like what we're doing, please go to the tip jar. That's richiecastellano.com slash tip jar. And that's a regular PayPal form. And uh, if you want to just say, hey, I like what you're doing, here's a couple bucks. We appreciate that. Also, if you use Amazon, go to riotcast.com slash bandgeek, hit the Amazon banner at the top of the page before you do your shopping, and then when you check out, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So we really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us, and we hope you like these videos, and we're hoping in 2019 we'll be able to do a whole bunch more. So, see you next time.